Feel the vibes. Another week back with the Hoop Genius Podcast. BJ, we've been rocking this out for a whole month. The whole of January, a podcast every day of the week, live and direct. How you feeling? Feeling great. More importantly, I just want to say thanks to our listeners. Facts. For rocking with us. For rocking with us. And going on this journey with us. We getting a chance to talk about basketball and spend that time with you. You could be anywhere. And for everyone to come back and spend time and give us, you know, 30 minutes or so of their valuable time is a blessing. Mm-hmm. So I um, appreciate it. And here we are again, starting off the week just right, talking about basketball. So Mo, let's get right hey. into it. Yeah, before we do that though, I just got to say, before we start this show today, BJ was talking to me about, you know, his computer. He's having some issues right now and he's telling me how much he hates computers. He's the OG. So he ain't down with the technology. He's not on the socials like I am, but just know he sees the love that you guys have been sending him on the social media. The amount of times he yes. hits me up and he says, yo, Mo, the people are going crazy for us. They're showing mad love. So I want to say thank you to everyone who's active on the timelines, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere, showing the crazy love. But now it's time for business. BJ, yes. it's time for business. Sunday night, we're not going to go through all the games, but Sunday night, the Lakers... And the Hawks, fantastic 6 p.m. tip for the fans over here in Europe. And um, it was a great game. Usually these early tip-off games, you're not sure how they're going to go. We had back and forth. And at one point, the Lakers looked like they had it in a bag. They started yes. the first quarter up double digits. The fourth quarter, sorry. Up double digits. But then Onyeka Okongu came up huge. Now, when you look at the box score, 16 points. Five rebounds doesn't look all that impressive. But his impact down the stretch, his presence as a lob threat around the rim on the interior was absolutely enormous. I put out a tweet where I was talking about the value of having guys on rookie-scale contracts. Because you know we like to talk about the business. And I was watching the Hawks game. Okongwu, huge contributions, only making six mil a year. DeAndre Hunter was crucial in getting a couple stops down the stretch there. Seven mil. Trey Young, still his extension don't kick into next year. The eight mil. And so credit to the Hawks organization for how well they've drafted and got these guys in. But the LA Lakers playing on the road without LeBron James. Now, if you look to the box score, you would think, wow, Anthony Davis, 27 points. Fantastic performance. Malik Monk, 33 points and 10 rebounds. He balled out eight three-pointers. Russell Westbrook, almost a triple-double, 20 points. 12 assists and seven rebounds. But it wasn't a great night for the Lakers because this was a very winnable game. What are your takeaways from this one? Wait, I have to give the Lakers credit because the last two games in particular, I think the Lakers have actually have played some of their best basketball in the last two games. And Russell Westbrook gets a lot of flack and a lot of the heat for whatever the reason may be. But I have to give, in particular, Russell Westbrook credit because he's been playing, I think, right, very, very well. Yep. Winning basketball. Except they lost. Except they lost. (laughs) But uh, exactly. But, But I like it when you give yourself a chance. Yeah. And when you play well in this league, you know, you're going to win your fair share. You know, this is it's, winning is a very difficult thing. Now, against Charlotte, 
you know, Russell Westbrook, I thought he played very well. You know, he, um, let me look these numbers up. Let me look these numbers up here. What he did against Charlotte. He's, he's he cut played, his turnovers down recently as well. I know he had four tonight, yeah. but, but on the whole, yeah, let, uh, recent stretch of form, Russell yeah, Westbrook. So like, he, he's played well. I mean, like against Charlotte, he had 35, five assists and four rebounds. Okay. Yep. Tonight. Okay. Tonight he had what? 20 points, 12 assists, seven rebounds. Now, the reason I'm pointing this out is because it appears to be less is more for the Lakers. When there's no Anthony Davis, when there's no LeBron James and Russell is there, he seems to play better or he's, he's, I don't know, more relaxed. He's more in his comfort zone. He's whatever it is. He's used to carrying teams himself. He's not used to being a third star. And and it's really, it's really, and and more more times than not, most players are better playing with better players, Mm -hmm. but it's like the opposite with Russell. Like he's better when one or both of those guys aren't playing. And then you say, well, when LeBron gets back or Anthony Davis gets back, that should make them, and I think that is the, the mystery here is how do we get those guys to play well all together in the spaces that they both or all three of them need to operate? So, but you know what? I thought they had a chance to win, but Trey, excuse me, Trey Young and company, they, nice they were good. Trey. Yeah, and give those guys credit. Give, give Atlanta credit. Atlanta's been playing well, Mo. You know, I don't think we're – Yep. They're talking they, about they're them. making they're their run. Well. They're making their run yes. back to their old form. Yes, they are. I don't know yes, what's changed are. in terms of inside oh, of the I, locker room. I, I can tell you what's changed. I can tell you exactly what's changed. Go on. It's called defensive effort. Okay, but, but what I mean is defensive what, what I mean is what changed to spark the defensive effort is what I don't. I know. think I I think Coach McMillan is back on the sidelines. But by the you way, know. by the way, for the for the fans who don't know, okay. Nate McMillan, you played in the nights, BJ. You faced yes. him on the court. Can you please tell the yes. listeners about what a menace he was on the defensive end? Not many people have given yeah. Michael Jordan a hard time, but Nate McMillan was one of the few. Yeah, you know, Nate was a really, really good basketball player. And he was a big guard back in that era when everyone was trying to really figure out how to match up with Magic Johnson because he just dominated that era, especially at the guard play. And Nate McMillan was one of those big guards out there in Seattle. And I don't know if most people realize it, but I'm sure that, you know, the fans, you know, Nate was the starting guard prior to Gary Payton. And Gary Payton, you know, really, I I think, you know, Gary really learned that position. You know, he was very gifted, no, no doubt about it. But Nate was a very tough player, especially on the defensive end. He was a uh, he was hard nosed, and he coaches now just like he played. He was no nonsense. And that's why he it was, was such he, a surprise when the Hawks were yeah. lacking effort and energy on the defensive side of the ball because that's not a characteristic that you would expect a team coached by Nate McMillan to be possessing. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I I think he's back now. I think Nate is back. You know, I I think he missed some games due to COVID. I think there was a lot of things going on. But I think now they're back. And when I look at them, I'm looking at the second and third efforts. And in particular, Trey Young. Trey Young is giving you effort now on that end. So 
Um, you know, it, it's been good to watch. It's been good to see, you know, they made a, they made a trade. They were in the headlines last week by trading uh, Cam Reddish. And it looks for the Atlanta Hawks, it looked like that yeah. was a good trade for them. It's like less is more for them as well. Yeah, I think, you know, Cam being in the locker room wanting a bigger role, maybe that caused some sort of tension within the locker room. And, you know, there's rumors swirling around John Collins. I personally don't think they should trade John Collins. I think John Collins... I would rather have John Collins on that team than a Jeremy Grant, who's been rumored to be in discussions for that and a, a few other players. But the Hawks, they can make their way to the play-in, but they could creep their way up to the six seed. The East is still very open. The East yes, is, is still very fluid in terms of it. But I just want to circle back to this Laker game because, okay. you know, people ask me why, Mo, why do you get so annoyed that Anthony Davis was NBA All-75 or Mo, why do you get so annoyed when people say Anthony Davis is a top whatever player? Here's a game where you fought back from double digits down, down the stretch, you're the best player on the court or supposedly the best player on the court, okay? You're supposed to be the guy continuing the franchise after the Broncos. The final five minutes of the game, Anthony Davis misses a three-pointer. Anthony Davis misses a step back and then doesn't take another shot. He's deferring to Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson down the stretch. Now, I get Malik Monk had the hot hand. You've got to go with the hot hand. But if you're the best player on the basketball court, BJ, you tell me this all the time. When you're going down the stretch in a close game, get the ball into the hands of your best player. That's now, cool. I've never seen a superstar play like that down the stretch of a game. And I get it's a regular season, early tip-off on a Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. But you're just making your way back from injury. You look great against Brooklyn. You need to be stepping up. And asserting your dominance. Because if you truly are a dominant big man, remember, this is the guy that they were comparing to Shaquille O'Neal. They compared him to Tim Duncan. They even compared him to Giannis Antetokounmpo. All of which I think were outrageous comparisons. Mm. To not take a shot in the final five minutes. To be looking passive. And someone, someone said to me, it looks like he waits for the double teams to come. He's slow getting into his moves just so he has an excuse to get the ball out of his hands down the stretch. On the defensive end as well, I understand you've got to respect John Collins' three-point shooting. But when Onyeka Okongwu is dominating on the inside and you're supposed to be one of the best defenders in the league, you've got to be saying, no, listen, I'm not letting that happen. I don't care what adjustments you've got to make, coach. I'm protecting the paint over here. So I just wanted to put that out there because I think, and I've said this numerous times, he's not a number one guy. You know, we talk about Russell mm. being better when other guys are out. Anthony Davis is the opposite for me. He needs LeBron James to be there to play to his potential and to play the best basketball that he can. Well, that's a lot to unpackage here and we, we don't have enough time. Well, I mean, you really laid it out. Um, but I will say this about Anthony Davis in particular, because now he's, even though I think he's, his natural position is the power forward position. He's currently playing the five now. And it's very difficult to play the five in the five position, especially now, where you don't have someone who, who is getting you the ball in positions where you need the ball. You know, he's not like a Giannis where Giannis handles the ball and initiates the offense and all of those things. He doesn't play that style. And, you know, as I was watching the game tonight, you know, Malik Monk, I know he had a great game. He really did. He played well. A couple heat checks, a couple shots that I felt were like a little ill-advised. But hey, if he, he was making big shots. 
he was making big shots all big night. Shots. And big, with, big shots. And without him playing well, they probably don't have that 10-point lead. However, there was a couple of shots where I felt Anthony Davis should at the very least touch the ball maybe, you know, gathered the double team, you know, maybe he had a one-on-one move, but he, he should have at least have been in the play. And you know, assert of, yourself yeah, it, on the play. Yeah, it, it, it was like one of those, well, he was gone. It was a heat check, but time and score is everything. And Malik Monk is not what I would call a lead guard. You know, no. Malik Monk is a scoring guard, and he's doing what Malik Monk does. And when he scores... It's great. And, and shout out to him, by the way, because yeah. because no team yeah. wanted him in the offseason. So shout out to Malik Monk. Exactly. But I thought, you know, as I was watching the game, that they should have been playing through Anthony Davis, especially in the last four minutes of the game. Yeah. I thought, now, if Anthony Davis passed the ball after we had got him the ball in the operating area, so be it. And I can live with that. But there were a couple of plays down there where, I thought maybe the players, especially because they're veteran guys. It's not like they're young. This is, It's not like Carmelo is, is a young guy. And Malik Monk is, I mean, even though he's a young guy, he's, you know, he's still a veteran. He's been around, you know, Avery Bradley, Russell Westbrook. So maybe there's just a timing thing, you know, but I, I thought, I, I thought Anthony Davis should have at the very least had an opportunity to touch the ball down the stretch, but that's just nitpicking here. They gave themselves a chance, especially on the road, which minus LeBron James, to me, you know, you don't get moral victories, but at least they played well. It was a competitive game and they had a chance. Here's why I don't buy into the minus LeBron James thing, because the whole point of Anthony Davis is that when LeBron, if LeBron ever gets old and does retire, he's supposed to be the next, the carry the mantle, the next face of the franchise, the next superstar. That's, that's the point I make. There's no questioning his talent and his ability to play, but the point being is I don't have him as high as a lot of other people do. And if people say he's top 10, top 15, I don't have him there. But that's besides the point. Well, I think, Mo, we can, I think we can say this, Mo. I think the reason he has so much discussion is because everyone sees that he has, I don't think, I think it's undeniable of this claim. He's a top 10 talent. You can't tell, you can't give me nine players right now that have better talent than him. Are we, are we talking in theory? No, I'm talking in fact. We don't have to talk in theory. Just nine players that have okay, more. Okay, it, tell tell me why physical though. gifts. Because physical gifts, he misses because, half the games. Okay. Uh, again, we're, we're, you're talking about missing games. I'm just saying pure talent. Okay, but pure talent. Like, okay, I don't know if there's anything he can't do. Shoot the three ball because everyone says Anthony Davis is this guy that shoots from the inside and from the outside. He's shooting 17% from three okay. this year. He shot 26% okay, from shooting. three last year. That, okay, the whole allure of him well is from... he, he's a big man who can play like a guard and do it outside and do it inside, but he can't do it okay, outside. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's fine. He can't do it outside. Okay. He's not a perfect player. Okay. What else can he do, Mo? <laughs> Stay on the court. Stay <laughs> oh, okay. on the court. What else can he do? Assert himself when, when as a dominant force when, when it he counts. Is on the, when he what is he? on the court, though. I'm okay. not saying that he... I'm not saying... Health, I'm not here. I, wh- who is, give me nine players that have more physical gifts that's a better talent than him. This guy is very, very, he's, very talented. He's talented, no doubt. But the, there's more to the game of basketball than just the theory of being talented. No, we're not, we, we don't have to say theory. We can, we can, 
we can measure this guy's okay. talent. How many games does potential win you? You, Bro, you don't win any games potential. off potential. We're yeah, talking we, about because it's talent. the potential of saying... if he's healthy, if he's on the court, if he's playing a dominant style of basketball. There's too many ifs. I'm talking in reality. No. Well, you're talking about something entirely different. We're just saying his physical gifts. Okay. As a talent. We're just okay. saying okay. talent. We're not saying whether he's healthy. We're not saying all the other things, uh, what he should be doing. We're just saying, we're just yeah, looking, yeah, yeah. we're just evaluating a player's talent. Yeah, on, on, on um, 2K, unstoppable. <laughs> Turn the injury sliders off, unstoppable. He is very, very, he's gifted. He's not even talented. He's gifted. I yeah. mean, the guy's seven feet. He can, he can I, rim protect. And that's why I want to see hands. more. We all want to see more. No one's arguing that. But when he plays, like today, like the guy has played, what, two games in the last, what, six weeks? It feels it's like me. forever. It feels like okay. forever, but yeah. Okay. And he gives you 27, 5, 4, a block, and a couple steals in 38 minutes. Like, Mo, he's played two games in, in, in the last, what, six weeks. How many guys can do that? Hey, now, I'm, would I have liked to have seen him play all the games in the last six weeks? Absolutely. Yep. That's that's something that needs to be worked out without question. But when he does play, like today, you look at it, you go, wow. You just go, you go, man, this, this guy has talent. And, until the last five minutes. And then he's kind yeah. of invisible. Well, that's hey, hey, boy, I, I, I can't argue. <laughs> okay, that. okay, okay. How about this? Speaking of players who are talented but aren't performing to their level of talent, I want to talk about Julius Randle. I want to talk about the New York Knicks. Okay, we could, let's talk about the Knicks. I saw something interesting this week, and it was quite funny to me. And it was, um, it was a tweet from last year, so from one year ago. It was from a Knicks fan, and it was a video, and and the caption says. Your best player doesn't hustle as hard as this. And it's Julius Randle getting a bucket on offense and sprinting the whole way down the court faster than everyone else just because he saw Anthony Davis, ironically, leaking out and being under the bucket waiting for a long pass from LeBron James, okay? He sprinted like I've never seen anyone sprint. It was like Usain Bolt going from scoring the layup on one end back to protect the rim on the other end. I've seen it. It was like Usain Bolt. But then this season, we ain't seen that. We've not seen that efforts. I don't want to talk about the results. I don't want to talk about the shooting percentage and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay. We've just not seen the effort at the very least, the effort. I don't care about... From who? Who, who are you talking from, about? From Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Okay. From, we can talk about, okay, his jumper's not falling or, you know, it's not screwed, but the effort. Those kind of plays. And every single comment underneath that tweet now says, well, he got paid. He got paid. He got paid. Now here on this show, we like to talk about the business of basketball. And yes. there is a thing called the NBA contract year phenomenon in which NBA players who are on the final year of their contract play extremely good basketball because they know they need to play extremely good basketball to get a good contract in the summer. Then once they sign that contract, they not only revert back to the player they were before that season, but oftentimes they become worse players. Mm. And this has actually been studied. I was actually reading a Harvard paper that studied this matter. And there's 
so much going on about this. And Julius Randle's just the latest example. There's, you know, someone like a Davis Bertans as well. After he signed that huge five-year deal, you can see how his players dropped off. And, you know, I just wanted to get from your perspective. What's your take on this phenomenon within the NBA of contract years and guys overperforming, then getting paid, and then, eh, okay. Well, I've got paid now. I've got five years. I've got a max deal. Yeah, we're here. Because what really stood out to me was the lack of leadership as well. Did you see the play where Obi Topping got knocked to the floor? Mm-hmm. And Julius Randle looks at him, shrugs, and walks off. Kevin Walker comes running from the other side of the floor to pick him up. That's mm-hmm. your boy. you got to pick him up. Julius Randle looks at him and walks off. That, that really caught my eye. And I just thought there's a lack of passion, lack of intensity, lack of leadership. Last year, when he was trying to get the bag, you would never have seen that. Yeah, well, I, I think it's I think it's interesting because you know we when we see things, all right, in particular, we're talking about people in contract year, right? When you're in a contract year, it's a natural tendency to, you know, when things don't go well you know, you can justify why guys didn't get contracts. Like we talk about the guy who gets the contract in the contract year, but you know, more if you really, I think if you really break it down, there are probably more people who don't get these contracts in contract years than do get those contracts in contract years. Okay. Now everyone likes to talk about now Julius Randall now, but I remember most specifically when Julius Randall was signed to New York. I did not hear, other than the the executives who signed them, I didn't hear a lot of people saying, great sign. No, I didn't hear a lot of people going, that's a great sign by the Knicks. They're getting him at the right dollar. They're getting him on a one plus one deal. Now, as we're talking about Julius Randle today, today, yes. Yes. we're saying, oh, now everyone wants to say he's got the bag and now he's gone missing and all of those things. Mo, when Julius Randle was the lowest paid all-star last year, those same people today that's criticizing the Knicks were praising the Knicks just Six, eight months ago. Mm. Okay. This is how sports works. Okay. Okay. But I'm not talking about it from an organizational standpoint. I'm talking about it from a player's perspective. And Do it, you it, think this, this has a factor in his play? Not no, him per no, se, think, but in general. No, no, no I, I don't. I, I do not. Now, when you begin to look, at, when you begin to scout a player, Mo, Okay, if I, I'm gonna talk a little, I'm gonna talk the, the 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 business here a little bit. When you begin to identify and scout a player, every player has a weakness in his game. Every player. Some players, they will get to the right place in the draft the very first time. Some players, Mo, may get to the right team in the right situation on a trade. Some players, it may get to you know, you take a player like, for instance, Steve Kerr. 
Steve Kerr kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Suddenly he gets to Chicago and he finds the right place for him six, seven, eight years later in his career. And that's the right place for him. Might not be the right place for somewhere else, but that's the right place for him. What you're talking about, Mo, is now justifying what we call a standalone player. And the justification is, well, he got paid. He should be. There was a reason Julius Randle was traded. (laughs) There was a reason he got traded from the Lakers. There was a reason he went to, I believe he went to New Orleans. Yep. And there there was a reason, Mo, he was coming off the bench. In New Orleans. Well, he did suffer some devastating injuries also throughout his career. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. That's what I'm saying. There was a reason, though. You, you can have injuries. Zion has an injury, but he's not. I don't think anyone's saying, Zion, we're going to start bringing him off the bench. Mm. Okay? He played more games than Zion. Now, my point being here is that when you see these players, Sometimes it comes together. And last year, everything came together for him. No one, I didn't hear anyone saying they thought that Julius Randle was the number one option, an all-star, and was capable of carrying the team to the playoffs. I didn't hear, especially in New York City. Then when it happens, I hear everyone saying, we're back. <laughs> not everyone just the Knicks fans bing bong <laughs> okay exactly exactly now now with this salary with this media attention with the accolades which are well deserved suddenly comes the expectations of of having to perform like that Every night, because now we expect that with great okay, salary Mo, comes great expectations. Expectations. Well, that's a and, Mo, <laughs> and and right now, Mo, it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. Now, why is it not happening? Well, there's, to me, the biggest thing is it, this is going to sound nuts, but it's not nuts because sometime, Mo. And in some time, more times than not, people undervalue chemistry. That's the one thing the analytics doesn't take into consideration. That's the one thing I don't think the media gives enough credit to. And I don't, I th- I don't think the casual fan, I think the, the real basketball fans will agree with this. Alfred Payton was a great compliment to Julius Randle. Because Alfred Payton did not demand the ball and allow Julius Randle to do what Julius Randle does naturally. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm not saying he's the best decision maker. But if you're going to have a player who dribbles the ball like Julius Randle, who rebounds the ball and pushes it out and gets all of the touches, he gets 90% of all of the touches for the Knicks. You better have a guard on the other end that can defend because Julius Randle is not like a lockdown defender and you better have someone that can complement the game other than just scoring the basketball, because you're not, you're probably not going to do that. 
That to me is what's missing from the Knicks because as much as I like Kimber Walker, Kimber Walker is not a good fit for mm. Julius Randle. I, I think Tibbs okay. recognizes that too. Okay. Reggie Bullock was a better fit than Evan Fournier. And Evan Fournier and Kimber Walker are really, really good basketball players. Yeah, and the However, same, and the same with Reggie Bullock in Dallas. The fit for there isn't exactly. ideal for him. However, when you talk, when you look at the numbers, you go, oh man, we're getting Evan Fournier. Oh man, we're getting Kimber Walker. That's an upgrade than 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 uh Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock, right? I can see people saying that. I, they, I yeah, understand. They they, everyone said that. But when you look at the chemistry of this team, now suddenly Julius Randle, if Evan Fourier isn't scoring baskets, what is Evan Fourier really doing? He can't, he can't affect the game the same way that Reggie Bullock can. And, and certainly Kimber Walker can't affect the game the same way that Alfred Payton could because they're different players and what they bring. Now, that's what I see. The yeah. chemistry and their balance is off right now. Okay. I want to just go back, though. Is what I'm talking about is the individual hustle plays, the effort plays. I get the team chemistry and how the offense runs and how the defense plays. I get it. And you're completely right with the chemistry. But I want to read this to you. A social psychological study examining the contract year phenomenon in the NBA and MLB found that scoring statistics increased in the contract year other statistics, like rebounds, stayed, stayed baseline. Additionally, performance actually decreased the year after the, of the year after the contract instead of going back to the baseline. In the NBA, for example, player efficiency rating went up during the contract year, but below the baseline the year after signing said deal. Also, blocks and steals didn't increase in the contract year, but they significantly dipped below the year after, which is essentially saying the hustle plays drop down after players get paid. Now, that's not every single player. That's not a rule. But that's what it's saying. And that was my take on it. I'm not saying that's the reason. Maybe it's the chemistry. Maybe it's the workload of the expectations. Maybe it's a mental thing. Who knows? But that's just the, the interesting part for me of what I was reading this week uh, from, from some of this information. Because whatever it is in New York... Before we wrap up here, do you think that they are going to be able to turn it around in the way we're seeing the Atlanta Hawks turn it around just to come full circle with everything we spoke about on today's episode? No, but I, I want to say this because you know, I have a hard time dealing with like stats and people just say things and then they just say it, right? You know, you're like, okay, well, I'm just I'm just saying. And then the people say, like, <laughs> well, I, I I just did the study and then I'm just saying. But Okay, no, 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 I have a hard time with that. And the reason I have a hard time with that is because, you know, Mo, we put so much attention on the star player and the and here and all of those things. And Mo, I wasn't a star player. I wasn't a star player. You were an all star, though. Yeah, but shots all star weekend I, coming but, soon. Yeah, but but I'm I'm, I'm but I, I'm hear me out here. When you're putting together a team, we put so much emphasis on the star. And Julius Randle is the star. He is the star. Okay? In my era, there was a guy on our team in a couple years before, the guy averaged about 37 a night. 
Okay. Now, because we won suddenly, and he averaged about 32 a night, that's cool. <laughs> yep. Okay. Now, let me tell you something about a young team, Mo. Let me tell you something about a young team at these stats don't, don't take into account. The last time I look at the Knicks, they are a young team on rookie-scale deals. And when you have rookie-scale deals, that means those players have to improve. As they are improving, somebody's stats should go down. There was a reason Michael Jordan's stats went down five or six points as young players like Scottie Pippen got better, Horace Grant got better, B.J. Armstrong got better, Stacey King got better. Okay? Now, when I look at the Knicks, I would hope that R.J. Barrett begins to improve. I would hope that Emmanuel quickly begins to improve. I would hit that. I would hope that Obi Toppin begins to improve. Mitchell Robinson begins to improve. Because if those guys aren't improving, the team is not going to improve. Okay. There is no way possible that we can expect, truthfully, if you're looking at the game, but maybe I'm looking at something that's different. I didn't expect Julius Randle last year to do what he did, but it fell for him. By the way, they lost in the first round. By the way, they lost in the first round. With home call. Okay. So now, what are the expectations when the other teams are going to figure out how to improve and what is, and how they're going to improve from within on their team. I think RJ Barrett came back this year as a better player. Yeah. But all these young guys improving, what I'm talking about is the hustle plays. Let's put scoring aside. The, you can see noticeably from watching the Knicks games. If they the were, if, if they were in fourth place right now, no one would be talking about that play. For real, but they're not. Exactly. Because winning that's my draws all. that's exactly they're not that's my point. And if but you're you not winning point. and you're not hustling, trying to make those winning plays, we talk about winning basketball, they're not making the winning basketball. No plays. player has made a hundred percent winning plays throughout the course of the season. No player. No, I'm not asking them to. And we I'm can find the effort to try play. to. Yeah, but we can find plays like that on every team. Doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Doesn't mean you're a bad teammate. Just that's just okay. one example. Hopefully, yeah, exactly. But hopefully, hopefully, those plays won't become a habit where you're just seeing that night in and night out. Maybe he just had a bad play, a bad whistle. I, who knows what the scenario was? I'm not going to hold to one play. Now, very unfortunate the way it looked, the optics of it. But we've all been there. Every single player has been there. And every single player, if you go through the highlights, I'm sure there is a highlight or few you go, oh, that, that just didn't look right. That didn't look good. Okay? You had a bad play. So be it. Okay. Well, we've run long. So bonus episode for you guys today. Start your week off the right way. 
Hope you enjoyed that little insight. We're going to have to agree to disagree because I need to see more from Julius Randle. I don't care about the young kids improving. Man, if there's a loose ball, dive on And the reason you're saying that is because he got the bag. If there's defense, we play play the defense. I'll be saying that whether he's on a minimum contract, whether he's on a rookie contract, whatever. You've got to put in effort. You've got to put in intensity if you want to win games. And I saw that from him last year. And there's absolutely no reason why he shouldn't be putting in that same level of effort this year. And that's that. But we'll continue to discuss this. We'll continue to bring you the insights from on the court, off the court, the business of the game. As we get ready for another week, we're going to be in your headphones every single morning. We're going to be live, direct, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We're there every day, rain or shine. We're there right on time. BJ, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for rocking with us. Oh, we got a big week coming up. As we get ready for All-Star soon, got some teams coming into form, some teams coming out of form. Looking forward to it. There's a few interesting games that I'm going to have my eye on tonight. The Heat and Celtics. Mm. The Kings and the Knicks is going to be an interesting one because things are going a little pear-shaped for both organizations. I expect the Knicks to win that, but you know, I like watching the Kings because not only our friend Jack, but I like to see which player thinks they're about to be traded. Which, which player doesn't want to be there? Which, which player's heard the trade rumors? Which player doesn't really want to be there? You know, <laughs> the Grizzlies and the Sixers. John Morant versus Joel Embiid. Point guard supreme versus the dominant big man. I can't wait because I know Jar's going to try and put him on a poster. I know he circled it in his calendar and he's going to try and put Embiid on a poster. So I'm looking mm. forward to rocking with you tomorrow. In the meantime, my people, get buckets.